Hello and welcome to the Right for Your Life podcast. I'm Ian Broom and I am joined by Donna Sorensen, as always. Hello, Donna. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm good, actually, thanks. Yeah, yeah, really good. I'm just getting back into the, you know, work-life balance thing and um, life's busy but good, fulfilling. Marvellous and um, not fulfilling partly because of... Um, um, because of uh, some uh, news that you're going to tell us, you're gonna, we're going to kick off with a little bit of Sorensen news. Which one? Which bit of news? <laughs> well, you, you line them up whichever way you want. <laughs> what my worky news or my my other news? Well, let's go for well, let's go for your um, well, let's go for your worky news first. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's um, you know we've both had jobs where day jobs where we write for, about things, and that's that's been interesting trying to balance that with you know writing for other people with writing for yourself um in your spare time um so it's just very nice that my the website that i write for um and the uh, the homepage that i do has just been nominated for a big um website award for it's called the lovies they're called the lovies and it's by the uh, yeah it's very exciting it's by the international uh, academy of digital arts and sciences which sounds very swanky it is swanky, and there's like all sorts of famous people that are on that academy that have um, selected the website. And there's only four shortlisted out of that 1,500 websites. Congratulations! Thank you. And what is the so, website? You I? What is the website? Oh, it's visitdenmark.com. Dot com is that the right? Is dot that right? Com. Yep, it's visitdenmark.com. It's the international version of uh, uh, we are the national tourism organisation that promotes Denmark to tourists. So it's just. It makes me want to go in and write some nice stuff every day for work. So that's good, isn't it? Always nice to get a bit of recognition. It is. Yeah, it is. So that's, that's fantastic. And your, your non-work news? Um, I got my first book review. That's, that's what we're thinking about. That's what we talked about. I did have some news. I forgot about that. Yeah, I got my first book review in a newspaper. And at, with what paper? In an actual newspaper. And how, what did it say? Um, well, it was a lovely little review. It was, um, it's quite funny because <laughs> the only reason I knew about it was that another poet that I knew wrote on Facebook, congratulations about your uh, fantastic review, and said it was in the Times, in the Irish Times in Ireland. So I got all, all yeah, fluffy-headed and ran off, going, oh my God, I got the review in the Times. Um, but it, it turned out that it was in the Sunday Business Post, which is still a great newspaper. <laughs> um, but, um, and it's by a, um, a very well-known um, cultural figure in Ireland called Nadine O'Regan. And she um, said that I was, um, that my book marked me out as a bright young light on the literary horizon. Well memorised. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's burnt into my memory. Now that's fantastic news. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, it's just, I mean, you know yourself, when you finally have something out there, it is quite a terrifying prospect that people are going to read it and write things about it. Absolutely. And I didn't really think about it a great deal. I think I may have mentioned this before because I was busy having twins at the same time. So I wasn't really in the headspace for receiving reviews. And then all of a sudden I realised that they were happening and um, and uh, thankfully they were generally all positive. But it was um, it is quite an unusual experience and it's not just uh, it's not just having a, a, a book out it's whether you launch a new website or a new blog post or a podcast episode whenever you put something out there whenever you bear yourself to the world there's always that sense of being judged and the sense of exhilaration when that judgment goes well 
Totally. And I found it a very interesting exercise because it's the first time that somebody's written about my work and interpreted my work when I've not ever met them or had or said anything to them about my work. So they don't know anything about me apart from my bio and other places I've been published. And um, and she picked out um, a couple of my poems and quoted them. And what I found very interesting was that she she made an assumption about what I'd written as it being about my life. And, and, and she drew something from my poetry, which when she first wrote it, I was like, I didn't write that because of that. That was about something else. And then I thought, but that's fine if she's interpreted that way, because, you know, people can interpret my writing lots of different ways. And then I went away and I thought about it and I was like, I can't believe it. Of course, I was talking about myself when I wrote that. And she's absolutely right. And she's made me look at my poetry again in a different way. And I thought about how, you know, when uh, writers are studied by kids at school and stuff like that, and people go into real detail about what they were, what the writer was thinking when they wrote it. And we've talked about this before. And, and it's hilarious when the writer is actually still alive. And sometimes they say, honestly, I really was not thinking that, or I have no idea, you know, what I was thinking at that point. Um, I just think that's all really, really fascinating. It is, and it actually ties in well with um, the, our topic for this week, which is about starting, and um, and it's something that I've been asked a lot when I've been doing book events, and um, and uh, on the internet as well, people have asked me this, um, and it's how did you have that first idea, and yeah. I think that first idea has very often got absolutely nothing to do with one's life, um, and and it's only when you kind of get into it and start reflecting on things that you realize that uh, perhaps it is but um yeah that, that that's that single idea the idea of starting mm. um is that how it works with you with your poetry is it uh is it um do you come up with like um i don't know i'm not a poet but do you come up with the rhythm first for a poem or do you come up with a specific phrase or do you have a, a, an idea for the entire poem in one in in kind of in in one thoughts and then you build the words around it how does it usually work for you well i've i have had some occasions where i have wanted to write a more formal poem and i've thought about the the shape of a poem first of all so if i'm going to use like you know if i'm going to write a sonnet or something like that but more often than not with me i'd say it's either the subject or an idea or an image or it's a line that has inspired it and reading something somewhere else like I've, I've I've just I cannot believe that I've only just found out about this now this program poetry please on is the BBC's um request poetry request program I don't know if you've ever listened to it nope that's fantastic so they have the actors or famous people or sometimes the poets themselves reading poems which is just wonderful and they were reading um last week some of R.S. Thomas's poetry and just like one line in that just stuck so clearly in my mind out of the entire half an hour podcast you know that I went away and I wrote it down I was like I've got to remember this and kind of takes you off in your own direction you know um so things like that but um but yeah wouldn't you say that's that the idea is like a story or or an image is probably the most most used way to start well the thing that I've been asked most is um what made you want to write about um uh, a 50 year old man and the fact that um you know the uh, illness basically yeah and um and people have asked me that because i guess because I, I in the grand scheme of things i'm relatively young i'm certainly not a man in my 50s that's just that's just mathematically true and um and so i think people have been unable to 
unable to position the content of my book with me, the person, or what I look like, or what I sound like, I don't know. Um, but the truth is that the initial idea for the book, what got me started, was a single phrase that had nothing to do with the man in his 50s and had nothing to do with um, um, illness or anything like that. And I, I think I may have said this before as well, it's, that, it's the line, Benny paints pictures with his eyes closed. Yeah. And I had that single sentence and I sort of built, I just wrote, I wrote a couple of, I wouldn't say, they, well, they weren't even chapters at the time, I just wrote a few thousand words based on that one line and that one character and then saw where it went and then the narrator came out of that and then the narrator turned out to be the 50 year old man who ended up being um the person that people confuse me with <laughs> or wonder how i how i thought of um, oh so with your second book that you're working on now you actually have had an idea for what you want to write from the start rather than just sitting down and just writing and seeing where it takes you based on something like that like a, a line and and how have you found that being able to do that instead of just like being inspired by an actual phrase that you've come up with, which will just take you anywhere? Actually, having this whole idea about something to write—is it—is it easier or is it more difficult? Um, I think I'm finding it slightly more difficult, but I think that's due to other circumstances. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think the, in terms of the actual book, I think it's probably going to be better because it'll be more planned. It already is more planned out and plotted. And I've got a better idea of what's going to happen in the future, which I didn't have when I started um, uh, writing Angelica. But this is the thing for people listening. It's, I don't think that there is one way of starting. I think that's kind of my point. You can start with a single phrase and it go off somewhere else completely. You can start just, just writing and seeing where it goes. People do write no novels successfully in that way. So don't necessarily sit waiting for the entire novel to reveal itself to you before you start um but but then you know i actually it's quite funny because i you know in the past i've written picture books and i had this what i thought was a great idea for a children's story but it would be uh, for slightly older children so we're talking about you know eight nine ten years old or that that age and because i had the whole story idea in my mind like from start to finish i was so terrified that if I didn't get it down in one go, I would never go back to it or it would just be, I wouldn't be able to get back in the same like zone, have the same images in my head as I had at that time. That I sat down and I banged that whole blooming story out in, I can't remember how many hours it took me, but I did it from absolute start to finish. And I thought, looking back, this is just probably absolute rubbish, but I just have to have got the whole thing down. And I wonder whether that's because, because I normally write poetry or picture books, which are a lot shorter, that it's, it was just the fact that I was daunted by the idea that I would have to inhabit like a bigger world for a longer period of time. Because actually, I have never gone back to it. I haven't even edited it. I, I, maybe it was a good thing that I did that because it, I've never gone back to it. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, that's that's the well, I, not necessarily <laughs> because I mean it depends if you want to sort of go on and do something with it. But it's interesting what you say about inhabiting uh, the book. Obviously, once you start writing a novel, you're not going to get it finished in one evening unless you are sort of superhuman or yeah. um or johnny five although his his speciality was reading <laughs> um but you do that's that's a, it's a really good point and i don't think i've ever thought of it in that way before but you do inevitably inhabit the world in some way or another and it's a good thing really but it can be quite frightening uh it can be quite um quite difficult it can have an impact on your 
actual life, and this isn't necessarily about starting, which is the topic, but for example, I've I've been uh, less so now, I think, but having done lots of research about um, stroke and suffering, people who suffer from stroke and the effects it has and all this kind of thing, and knowing that it can happen to anyone at any time, it's not everyone thinks it's an old person's kind of thing, but it's not at all. And um, so I've been petrified about having a stroke, the slightest headache for about four or five years after first starting writing. I thought, well, this is it. And um, and, and it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But um, when you're when you're deep into something, when you're constantly thinking about it and it's it's kind of your your work, it's what you do, then you inevitably, it, it rubs off on you in some way. And I guess if you sort of just knock out a, a, a picture book or a short story, poem, doesn't matter what it is, and you manage to sort of get it all out in a short space of time, perhaps you don't have that same experience. But um, it is something to worth worth thinking about when starting, is yeah. whether you can kind of handle being in that world for a long period of time. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Because if you if you start writing something and then it's, weeks and weeks later I don't I don't think I've ever read a book that I felt I'm trying to think now whether I felt that I I could see that the writer had written things at very different times if you think about these novels that you know take years to write some of the most famous novels must have taken years and years to write I I don't think I've ever like consciously realized that they were written at different times because there was a different feel or a different atmosphere do you know what i mean do you get what i'm saying with this? I, I do get what you're saying and i and i my, my novel was written um at different times and and importantly it was written it was started when i was around 24 something like that and finished when i was about 30 and you know a lot happened to me in that space of time i'd changed i i just you know a lot happens doesn't it and, yeah. um, and, and so i was quite wary of that and actually i did quite a lot of editing work on making sure that some of the early stuff sounded um in my opinion as good as the stuff that I was writing later on because I just got better at writing and was that uh, from your own volition or was it your agent or your publisher that asked you to do that um it was from my own volition but also um I think uh, my agent I worked I primarily worked on the novel with my agent and um and she didn't say oh the start isn't as good as the end but it was definitely there was definitely a pacing issue. I think that's the that was the that was the thing. The, the stuff that I started out with, um, it went on to become something else. Like I say, I started out with a line about a boy painting pictures with his eyes closed, and ended up writing two hundred and fifty page novel on someone looking after their wife having had a, who's had a stroke. You yeah. know, it's quite a, quite a leap. Although both characters are very much still in the novel. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, but things things do change. But this is this is the kind of this is the other sort of point I wanted to make about about starting is the fact that this inhabiting the world. I one of the things I do is I I tend to let an idea percolate in my in my bonds for for quite a while before I decide it's going to go onto paper or the the screen. Is that something you do, or do it sounds like it isn't? It sounds like you just well, spurt that's, it all that's out interesting there. Interesting, you say that though, because do you think that that encourages you to write more, or do you think you're holding back from writing because you're doing that? Like only the very best ideas can get down on paper, as opposed to just getting stuff down. Yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think that's a very valid argument, and I think I would struggle to to um, to contest it. Really, I think that it does, in some ways, hold you back, but it's it's the distinct. It's trying to 
it's, it is there is a distinction I think between just letting because I want to say it's not just when you started that you let things percolate it's the idea that for instance you might go back to your picture book now and the whole idea may have percolated I'm using that word I'm sticking with it um oh, no, well I can't believe I said from your invalidation I meant on your invalidation but carry on yeah <laughs> I may I have no idea it's, it's history now but I may have repeated your mistake. Um yeah. and, and 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 because you've thought about it and and this is very common piece of editing advice is to or writing advice is to write something and then stew on it for a while and then go back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um so there is yes I think you are right there is an element of it can hold you back if you don't just get it out there and make that start but um by the same token um, it is useful to uh, think things through properly. Totally. But then, you know, I mean, I've separated my writing off now. I've got two different, well, I've got loads of different files on the computer, but one of them is very clearly, you know, not for any kind of use. It's, it's the kind that, like, you know, if if miraculously in, you know, the future I've become, like, some kind of famous writer, which, you know, let's be realistic, it's not going to happen. But if it did, um, and, you know, after my... I'd pop my clogs. Someone was digging into all my computer files and wanted to publish all that stuff. I mean, you know, you would die again of embarrassment if you were alive, that kind of stuff, you know. And it's it's happened to loads of writers, hasn't it, when they have their early works, their juvenilia or whatever it's called, published posthumously after they're gone. Um, and, and that kind of writing is, is, I think, well, I mean, some people's is probably really, really good, but mine is embarrassing. I always think of Jeff Buckley, poor Jeff, when I think of that. Not a, uh, a, a writer in the most common sense, but of course a wonderful musician who died with one album out and his family, and I hope they don't listen to this because they won't be very happy, but his family have been peddling every every B-side, every recording he made in his attic since, and it's quite upsetting for everyone concerned. Yeah, totally. Can I ask you a, an unrelated question? It can be a small tangent before we go back based on what you've just said. Well, we need to move on to topic number two, but let's see if we can link all this together. Go for it. Well, I mean, it's kind of linking just to what you said there. I was just wondering the other day if you knew of any um, famous songwriters and so like musical lyricists that have actually been published as writers separate to their music. We can maybe think about that and come back to it next week. I reckon, I bet there are absolutely loads of them. I mean, Nick Cave, Jarvis Cocker, I think think although it may have just been his lyrics that were published but nick cave is a very contemporary example hmm, yeah i'd like to investigate it a bit more because i just you know yeah anyway good okay <laughs> um i wonder if nick cave ever went to a writing group yeah that would be uh that'd be a great group to be part of it would because you've been going to a writing group recently <laughs> oh i see what see what you did there yeah um i have um well I've been feeling very sorry for myself over the last year. Um, actually, that's nonsense. I haven't felt so sorry for myself at all. I've had a great year. But it, with one specific thing, I have lamented the fact that I don't live in Ireland anymore. Because when I lived in Ireland um, for two and a half years, it was just a fantastic place to be in terms of writing groups and, you know, people doing readings and going to book events. It was it, They were on virtually every night of the week you could go and do something. Um, which was absolutely fantastic, and I loved it. And coming to Copenhagen, I felt very isolated in that respect. And I do know a few writers here, and it's great to kind of hook up with them. But um, I saw that there was a Copenhagen Writers Group uh, meetup, and so I've been meaning to go along for absolutely ages, and I finally made it along. Um, 
and it was just it was a really fascinating experience because you know regardless of who was there I just think it's really useful exercise in you know if you haven't written something for the group even taking your newest thing that you've written and just trialing it with people and see what complete strangers people who you know have an interest in writing but don't know anything about you or where you're coming from um what what they've got to say about what you've written so I found it very useful for that but I don't know if you've been along to any writing groups well I get 10 20 maybe 30,000 emails a week from people um asking me about whether they should join a writing group and um and I always say that because it's difficult because I'm not part of one and I haven't been part of anything like one for quite a while but I have been thinking about joining a writing group it's just I'm very conscious of making sure that it's the right one and with the right people I'm not even sure I want a group I think I might just want a person um but um my answer has always been that excuse me that having been on an undergraduate and then a postgraduate writing course especially the postgraduate one my MA writing um by far the most valuable thing um that I got from it was the fact that I was with lots of other writers so we weren't an official writing group as such but it was kind of an expensive paid for writing group really because we were with with a load of people who were all all good you know you have to be a certain standard in order to get onto the course and being in that writing environment was extremely rewarding so if you're a new writer and you're struggling in any way really if you join a writing group then it just makes sense because i think i think that i think you said um before we started recording one of the best things is that they give you deadlines you know you they, you're expected to read your writing in front of them or, or or present your writing for feedback and just having that kind of short-term or staggered uh, set of deadlines is incredibly valuable and it's probably the thing that i miss the most is that yeah. being in that environment but also the fact that someone's waiting to read something that i've um uh, written yeah definitely i mean that's also something you can get from writing courses i mean i know um uh at the irish writer center back when i was working there we ran a course called um finish your novel i mean loads of writing courses but specifically finish your novel um, was a really good one for that because it was people who were working on novels and every week you had to have come with a new bit um, and they were and you know it was really expected and people have been published since that did that course um, and I think it was it was really great you know like oh god I must have written something for the for next week you know yeah yeah and it, it's, it's extremely valuable that that kind of um that that kind of well it's 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 that it's that sort of functional aspect where you have a place to go every week to talk about writing but also um um it's also having that kind of what's the word comrade comrade camaraderie yeah um with other people who are doing the same thing that's the main thing that other people who are doing the same thing because most most writers partners aren't aren't writers a lot of them aren't obviously (laughs) when i read morton my poetry he looks like his eyes are bleeding that's how painful it looks to him. <laughs> uh, bleeding with love? No. Like like Leona Lewis? Just, <laughs> oh, no. I can't believe you just quoted Leona Lewis. What is wrong with you? <laughs> um, the one thing I would like to, to... Last thing I'd like to say on the topic of writing groups, because um, I'm not sure I've got that much more to say about them, but I did have an experience of one where I felt a little bit suffocated. Uh, what what happened? Okay? Um, someone was sat on me. <laughs> Not really, haha. Um, 
I just felt that if it was a small group and it was people that have different, very different writing styles or interests, or maybe they were at different stages, um, I felt like it was, at some points, I felt a little bit like I just needed to get out and just be experimenting on my own at that stage. You know, I did feel that there was a, because it wasn't a big group, you had to be there. You had to actually be at the group every week. And I didn't always feel that I wanted to be there. That's why I quite like this group because they've got a large network of people and not everybody goes, like very few people go actually turn up every week. But I don't feel that I am expected there every week. Do you know what I mean? So you're concerned that if you, that it's the idea of being eternally obliged to go to every single session so that your writing group becomes less something that's helpful for you but more something that's an actual like a like a, yeah. like a job that you don't really want exactly more that yeah that's totally what I didn't want like I I like the idea that I felt like I, I needed to be there to write and all that kind of stuff but some days I would come out and I felt I'd feel that it wasn't it hadn't been a positive experience for me and so I wanted to and I, I just kind of backed away a little bit from that I think I just I really think it's important that you, if you're going to be in a writing group with people all the time, that, it, you, you know, you, you like you said, it definitely has to be the right kind of writing group for you. It might You might not find that, first of all. No, it's, it's, it's like I say, with the, with the MA, my experience, the fact that everyone was, you know, at least should have been up to a certain standard really helped. Not that that's to... I don't mean that to sound disrespectful to people who are just starting out or people who just aren't very good, but if there is a discrepancy in quality, it's quite hard to give each other feedback because if you're if if you're well, it doesn't matter which end you're on. If the feedback is either too complicated or just or just way beyond what you need, then that's not going to help. But at the same time, if someone just isn't capable of giving you the feedback that you're after, then that's no use either. So you go around in. A slightly stinky circle. Yeah. Um, so it is important that you you match up, but also, like you say, um, with the type of writing potentially, at least someone needs to have. You know, if you're um, uh, if you write poetry, then for example, I don't think I would be an especially good writing partner for you because I am um, I don't consider myself a uh, as knowledgeable about poetry as I should be for helping someone who is a published poet improve their work i would mm. probably be a good sounding board that's how i describe myself but i don't think i'd be a good someone who you could say you know really help you hone something down to the uh, to the to the to the to the point where it's awesome but this is this is probably a difference between fiction and poetry though and and you know now i've got a poetry book out i'm really feeling that as well you know so many people don't buy poetry and don't read poetry it's really interesting to to actually consider you know are you writing poetry books for the general public or are you writing poetry books for people who are seriously interested in poetry because most people that buy poetry books i'd say are either people who have a very deep interest in poetry or people who know you <laughs> you know whereas like if you're writing a novel you know, you're writing it for everybody, for the general public. So, you know, would you, do you have to have these qualifications? Like, do you need somebody, do I need somebody when I'm writing poetry to be um, an expert in poetry to be my sounding board? Or do I just need somebody who is a normal person who reads things, you know? Well, maybe a bit of both. Maybe you need both of those people. You need to, um, uh, I mean, I, I guess I was referring to the actual technical aspects so if you told me that you'd written a um i don't know 
I don't know, maybe I could do this, I'm not sure. But like it's like a sonnet or something like that. And if yeah. someone doesn't know what a sonnet is or how many lines it should have and what the metre should be, yeah. then, then, then they're not going to be much use to you. No, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, a lot of my poetry is free, free verse. And I think, like, if you said to me, do you want to, I'd like you to give me feedback about my novel, then I think that just as a, not even as a writer, but as somebody who reads, yeah, I I feel that I would like to think I'd have something to give back because, you know, you're somebody, I guess, well, we're always learning the craft of writing, but, you know, you're probably soundboarding the story or how a character is developing or, you know, some like a, a certain point in the story, what's happening at that point, you know? Yeah, no, this is true. And these are all, all things that you do get out of, a writing group and of course it's not there isn't just it isn't just a one-on-one it's not like you it's not like every single person in your writing group is likely to be the right person but you may just enjoy the company of everyone have a glass of wine maybe eat too many crisps and then um uh, and then sort of strike up a, a more of a working relationship with one or two members of the group i think that's how it kind of works that's how it was for me definitely I think, you know, the key is that you need to, it's nice to have um, these spaces that you can go into and and bounce things around, but that it's, you know, vitally as important that you are out there scratching away on the paper on your own. True. Also true. (laughs) You speak a lot of truth. Hey, wow, no one's ever said that to me before. That's a worry. (laughs) A known fibber. So... Um, that's probably it. That must. That's about half an hour. That is about half an hour. This, like, I mean, again, this is mathematically more or less accurate. Um, so I think we're going to call it today. So we've what, what have we covered there? Let's recap. I think we've got a minute left. So what's let's recap. We covered. You are going to be. Um, uh, you've been reviewed, and you're going to be winning a an award <laughs> for yeah. awesome websites. Let's let's see about that. Yeah. Then we talked about starting, so you can start with a phrase or a line and just let things go wherever you want them to go. Don't let it hold you back. Don't let not having a wonderful, beautifully constructed plot stop you from starting. But also, if you do have a wonderfully constructed plot, then that's fine too. And if you'd like to let ideas percolate in your head, go for it. Why not? And then finally, I don't know, I don't, I don't know why I've started doing this, but the finally... Um, <laughs> if writing you, groups. Writing groups. Yeah, go, you're nay. Yeah, what did we decide well we decided yay and also do a bit of scratching away on your own yes writing groups are good just make sure that you do the research find the right one make sure that you can get back at late at night when you're drunk that kind of thing yeah absolutely and um and next week when we chat i will be um deep in preparations for my little ridiculously small book launch which i'm going to be doing um, so maybe we can uh, we can have a little chat about what I should be doing at that. I'd like that. What, what chances are there of you being able to record some of it? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I don't mean live. I've got but... Morton coming along. My other half, remember, his eyes bleed when I read, so he's not going to be sitting there listening. So I can at least put him to use recording things. Let's give him a job. <laughs> yeah. Stand over there, Morton. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Right. Well, that's uh, it's been a pleasure. Totally, absolutely, as always. Um, where, where, should I just the, say where you can find me on Twitter and all that, and then well, you can do yours? It's, 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 it's funny you should say that, because that's what I was about to ask you. I know, I knew you were going to do it. Well, I know you by now. Um, I'm on Twitter, at The Flying Poet. I'm on Facebook, I've got a little page. It's um, Facebook slash Donna Sorensen Poetry. And now, I've even got a website. 
It's SorensenPoetry.com. I mean, it's only a matter of time before the awards start coming in for that as well. <laughs> well, if I could just, like, resize my JPEGs properly, that would be a start. But anyway, it's oi, oi. there. Way, way, I'll get Morton to come in and resize my JPEGs now with them. Um... <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, I don't what even about want to you, tell Ian? Me. Where are you on online? I don't want to. I don't even really want to think about it now. What? Uh, I'm on the internet. <laughs> Ian dot com. Um, Ian Broom on Twitter as well. Lovely. I'll see right. you next week then. Yeah, we'll do. Speak to you soon. Tata. Bye.